listening to Connection Church's podcast. We're here to celebrate the birth of Jesus, guys. Who's excited about that today? Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Let's thank Jesus for coming. I've got a 45-minute message I've got to get in 20 minutes. So look to your neighbor and say, hold on. Look to the other neighbor and say, you better hold on. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody. I'll tell you what I love about this video and what I love about these, uh, when you do have a personal testimony, is, is that it just, it really connects you. It makes you realize that you're not in this alone. It makes you realize that, that people struggle just like you do and you have. It also shows that there's hope. And just as God made a way for Katie, he's made a way for each and every one of us in this room. If you will, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. I love Christmas. I love this time of year because it always makes me um, just, I almost have to reel myself back in. A lot of times Christmas will steal my joy because of Christmas. I went to the mall Friday. Oh, that stole my joy a little bit. Um, it just, just going and doing those things, but then having to realize in the line, uh, you know, 700 miles from, from the checkout line, I'm back here waiting for my turn. And I'm like, you know what? Jesus died for them and them and them and them. Christ came. Christmas is all about Jesus Christ coming. And a lot of times we get that mixed up in, 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 the, in the gift giving and buying the presents and going to the mall and getting off work and all these things. We get all caught up in, in the things of Christmas and we forget what Christmas is all about. And I think about how Jesus, how he emptied himself out for us. See, Christmas is about Jesus, amen? And if it's about Jesus, then we need to be focusing on Jesus. And I think about how he emptied himself out in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 6, Paul says that who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a human, as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to death on a cross. When I think about Christmas, I think about that it's all about Jesus coming. But Jesus came to save us. Amen? So Christmas, is, a lot of times we look at the, the baby in the manger, and that's all we think about Christmas. But when you look at the baby in the manger, you need to think about the resurrected king. Amen? Amen. They, they gave us opportunity to go to heaven. They took the keys of death and hell with him when he resurrected from the grave. That's the king that I'm serving. That's the baby in the manger. And I think about that, I'm just, it gets me excited to think about Christ. Christmas exists because we could not save ourselves. That's why Christmas is. That's why Jesus came is because he looked down upon us. And he's seen us in our depravity. He's seen that there was no way we were going to be able to please God on our own. So he said, I'll come. I'll take his place. I'll be their substitute. I will die for their sins so that they may be, if they follow me, they can be in the right relationship with you. Man, I'm thankful for that. Amen? 
Jesus looked down from earth and said, you were worthy of that. He loved you enough and you enough and you enough to come down from heaven and say, let me be born in a manger so that you may have the opportunity for everlasting life. That's what Christmas is about. So many times we're trying to save ourselves instead of realizing that Jesus came to save us. We try to modify our behavior. If I can just stop cussing, if I can just stop looking at these women lustfully, if I can quit doing this, this, and this, then I will be okay. If I'm just a good enough person, I'll make it to heaven, and we can never be good enough. Because God's word says that the wages of sin is death. We'll never be good enough. And Jesus came so that we can have life and have life more abundantly. And the way Jesus came, he came in a humble way. He didn't come of authority. He didn't come saying, worship me, demanding. No, he came humbly saying, if you follow me, then you may have eternal life. You will get rid of your old life and follow me. Then you will have eternal life. Who's thankful for that today? A lot of times with Christmas, we get caught up with the manger scene and we forget the reason he came. We have to realize that without Jesus, without Jesus, we are dead. Without Jesus, there is no way to please God. Without Jesus, we would never, ever, ever get, a, get the opportunity to even spend any time with God. Because because of Jesus coming and living the life he lived and dying the way he did and, and resurrecting, he gave us an opportunity as Christians. If we follow him, we can have a personal relationship with, G, with, with Jesus Christ and follow God. Is that awesome? But it's because of that. He didn't die for you just to come and be religious. He didn't die for you to just to, to hang out and, and make, a, make a, say you made a commitment, but you never followed through. He didn't come born the way he was born and live the way he lived for you to make a profession of faith and never really truly follow Christ. He came so that you would surrender your life and value him so much that you would lose everything that you once were in order to follow him and gain eternal life. That's what Christmas is about. And I love Katie's story. And as I was reading, and as I was watching her story yesterday, this, I began to realize Hebrews 10, 14 came to my mind. He says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, those who, he was the one sacrifice once and for all. Because of him, we can have eternal life. Because of that, we have the opportunity to be holy. That means if I reject my old life and I pursue God, I have an opportunity to walk closer and closer to Christ, to be more and more like Jesus every day if I walk away from my old life. Y'all tracking with me? If, the, the goal is that we become more and more like Christ, not that we stay the same. That's what Jesus came for. He didn't come born of a virgin. He didn't come born to a rogue carpenter and a 15-year-old maidservant put in a manger in a lowly position. He didn't come that way for us to sit there and just show up to church and live any way we want to live. He came for you to live your life for him because he's the Savior. John, and, and when I watched her testimony, John 3.30 hit my, just constantly hits my mind when it says that he must increase and I must decrease. That he must become more significant and I must be less. And if you watch the beginning of her testimony before she knew Jesus, before those things, before Christ, 
She said that she felt like her life was full of empty promises. How many of you in this room right now, that's where you, that's, you feel that way. Your life has been full of empty promises because you always put your hope in other people and what, what people can do for you and what your satisfaction comes and how people approve of you. If you're always putting your satisfaction in other people and not in Jesus, you will always be let down. And my God is the only God that will not let you down. His word is true and what he promised will come. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody's going to be happy unless we go through Christ. You're not going to experience true happiness until you go to Jesus and follow him. You're not going to experience true peace until you truly are following Jesus. And we try to obtain these things on our own and do all these different things, but we keep coming up empty and hopeless, and we don't know why. It's because we never really surrender our life to Christ. A lot of us have a, a form of, of religion, but we deny the power of Christ in our life. We don't follow him. When I think about what she did, look, look, she was far from God. She was living a life just constantly pursuing her own thing. Is that you this morning, tonight? I mean, she was battling her past and she was lonely. She was constantly allowing her past to direct her future. She was constantly allowing it to consume her. She wouldn't, she wouldn't, she just, she remained in a state of bitterness, she said, because of what happened to her when she was a child. And she never really gave those things over to God. A lot of the reason, a lot of you in the way, or the way you are right now, because you won't let go of the stuff in the past. You won't let go and let God heal you. You won't let go of those things. You want to hold on to it and, and remain in control, but God's saying, let it go and give it to me today. That's why he came. She was trying to modify her behavior, but she even said she knew she needed to do better. Once she had, to, once she had her child, once she had Macon, she tried, to, she tried to do better. She tried to quit drinking. She tried to go out partying, but she got bored. See, we can only modify our behavior for so long until, until we get tired of doing that and we go back to our old ways. Stop modifying your behavior and give your life to Jesus. That fixes that. But it's an every single day thing. It's, it's waking up every morning and surrendering your life to Christ. You will never feel whole. You'll never be complete until you do that. She was looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. I was going to sing a song right there, but I figured it wouldn't be good. But she was looking for fulfillment in other people. She was looking for fulfillment in partying, in alcohol, in sex, in men. Then the opposite sex, she was looking for fulfillment in all these different things. But she kept coming up empty. Did that describe your life? She did not really know Jesus. She said that she wasn't willing to give up her friends. What are you not willing to give up in order to follow Jesus Christ? She wasn't willing to give up those things. And she said that she felt like her life was full of empty promises. And to realize this, God had promised her all kind of things, but she never walked in them. God's promised all of you in this room a multitude of things, but you have to surrender your life and walk in his way so you can be fulfilled in those promises. And that's what, what I love about it. And then after Christ, when I, when, I, when I watched it, it just kind of, man, that just really spoke to me because after Christ, you've seen the change in her life. So many people say, I'm saved, I'm, I'm born again, I'm going to heaven, but there's no change in their life. 
And to follow Jesus means you walk away from who you once were. You walk away from the old you, the old habits, the filthy mouth, the, the, all those things you walk away from and pursue Christ. Why? Because you see that he's a savior worth following. She realized that her fulfillment could only be complete in Christ. She didn't see how all those other things left her empty and how only in him. I love it when she said that as soon as she started following Christ, really, she began to get involved in all these Bible studies. She got hungry for the word. If you're not hungry for God's word, then you don't know my God. Because that's what happens when you're hungry for God. He will show you amazing things. You're, it's, not, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. That's what Jesus came for. See, her life changed. It wasn't the same old thing. She repented of her past, and she began to walk with Jesus and pursue him more and more. Does that describe your walk with God? Are you walking away from who you once were? Or are you still living the same way you used to live? See, the birth of Jesus Christ calls us to walk away from who we once were and follow a Savior that's worth save, that's, that saved us and worth dying for. Amen? I love how she, it just says she started walking away from those things. She, she began to get, you see, her life was changing. She said that, she said she didn't have anybody directing her. She didn't have any guidance. She was saved and she was trying to follow Christ as good as she, good as she knew. She's reading God's word, but she didn't really have any guidance. So she was just kind of bumping along. I know how that is because I've done the same thing. That's why we, that's why we are here as Connection Church. I, we're here to, to, to link you, to have you, to help you have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. I don't, I don't want people just to say I'm saved and they never change. We want to walk with you. We want to walk with you through your pain, through the sinful situation you're in, to walk you into, into repentance with God. I'm so thankful that I have people finally walking with me and I can walk with people that struggle with the same things that God delivered me from. God's called us not to stay the same way, people. That's why connect group is so important. That's why we do connect group so that we can do life with one another and help one another, point one another to Christ every single day. When somebody's struggling or having a, a bad day and, and they're, they're tempted, they can text one of us in, our, in the connect group and we're praying for them. We're encouraging them. We're not saying, you know what, just go ahead, do what you want to do. No, we're saying Jesus Christ is worthy. Don't do that. Follow God. Connect group is so important. And if she would have had connect group earlier, think about how closer to Christ she'd be right now. So, but as she walked with Christ, she became more and more aware of her sin. See, are you more aware of your sin? She realized, I love the part where she said that when she was having sex with her boyfriend and she just stopped and she didn't even tell him. I bet that messed him up, don't you think? She just didn't tell him. He's wondering what's going on. I imagine all these things. And she was so afraid because of her insecurities. She, she just didn't know how to tell him. So eventually she told him why. She told him that, that she, they, they couldn't have sex anymore because they were following Christ and she realized that that was wrong and she couldn't, they, they couldn't do that anymore. And he was okay with that. They get engaged. They're living together. All right, they realize that that's wrong. What do they do? He moves out. He moves out. Why? Because she wants to please God more than anybody else. He does too. Their lives show a life of somebody that truly gets it and truly loves Jesus. See, that's what I'm saying, people. 
He didn't die on a cross for you to dilly-dally around and play in sin. He died for you to live for him. He died for you to walk in his ways. He died for you to, to value his birth, his death, and his resurrection so much that you abandoned all who you once were in order to please him. That's what he died for. That's what he was born for. And that's the opportunity he gives us. Man, I, I just, this testimony shows someone, a life of somebody that gets it. Do you get it? Is your life, is your life a life of somebody that gets it? Or is Jesus to you the baby in the manger that you only see on Christmas? Is he the man in the book that you read and he's like, he's a great teacher, but he's not the Lord of your life? What is Jesus to you? Is he the resurrecting king that now you have a relationship with and you follow Jesus and you have a direct link to God? Is that the relationship you have? Jesus died. Jesus came and died so that you may have a relationship with him. That's why he came. He came so that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He didn't come so that we can come to church every single week and make ourselves feel good that we're a good person because we came to church. Church didn't do nothing if Jesus hadn't changed your life. God's called us to be a people that truly follow him, to have a relationship with him. And that's what the birth of Jesus Christ does. And he is. Church is an invitation. I mean, when I look at the birth of Jesus, it's, it just shows me how far God will go. How far God was willing to go to save you and me. You think about that. He was willing to sacrifice his own son so that you may have an opportunity to follow him. He, that, that's, what, that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is the greatest love story I've ever seen in my life, ever read in my life. Think about it. Jesus came so that if we choose to follow him and abandon our old self, then we may have opportunity not the opportunity, but we may have everlasting life. Jesus came. He loved you enough. He wanted you to experience the goodness of God so much that he came the way he did. That's something to be thankful for, ain't it? Amen. That's something to be shouting happy. Amen. He came for you to have a relationship, not a religion. So what do you have? What do you have? But a relationship, you talk to that person, right? A relationship, you spend time with that person. A relationship, you, you know what that person likes and dislikes. Do you have a relationship with God? Or are you just acquainted with him through knowing the Christmas story and knowing, that, knowing about Easter and knowing these religious facts, but you don't really know the life-changing thing that God does in your life? What do you know? What have you experienced? Because Katie really didn't know what life was until she forgot her old life and, choose, and chose to follow Jesus Christ. God's word says that those who choose to lose their life in this world will gain eternal life. Because he's worthy, amen? You know, Hebrews 10, 26 says that if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice is left for sin. 
See, Jesus came to die so that we may have opportunity for eternal life. That because he died, it was, it was sacrificed for our sins. That was it. Once we realize the truth of Jesus, either we can receive it or we can reject it. And if we reject that, there's nothing to cover our sins. So either you're following Christ, either you have a relationship with Jesus and your sins are covered or you're playing games, you're religious, you're coming to church and not really having a relationship and your sins are not forgiven and you're walking in sin every day. It's kind of a easy decision. That's what the birth of Jesus Christ is. It's an invitation, church. It's the invitation to have a relationship with the Savior that came and died for you. It's not about the manger. It's not about the shepherds and the wise men. It's about Jesus coming so that you may have an opportunity for eternal life. And you may know all these things, but choose not to follow him. There's no excuse. All of you in this room right now, you have no excuse. Because you've been told why Jesus born, was born. You've been told why Jesus died. You've been told why he came and how far he would go. God would send his son, how far God would go. So you may have the opportunity to, to be set free from sin, to be able to follow him. You have no excuse. So either you choose to, to, to live for him, to, man, to, to give your whole life to him, or you choose to reject him. And to walk out of this church, walk out of this room every single week, walk out of this room today and not making a profession of faith, that means you reject him. It's either you choose to follow him or you choose to reject him. You know, there's, I know there's people here today that are hopeless, that you've been going through life and there's just seems like nothing is going to ever get better. You tried all the wrong things. You tried everything just like Katie has. Have you ever really tried Jesus? Have you truly surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you really said, God, I'm going to give you my life and I want to see what you can do with it. I dare you to do that today. Because if you truly surrender your life, you truly give your heart to him, he will do things in your life you never imagined him to do. He will change things. He will make you more happy than you have ever been happy in your life. And that probably was not even close to correct grammar, but y'all got it. There's people here that probably think they're good enough, that they're okay. You know, that as long as they do enough good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff, then when, then when, they, then when they die, then, then God will say, you know what? You were good enough. Come on. And God's word says that the wages of sin is death. None of us are good enough. We can never be good enough. We can never walk enough little ladies across the street to be good enough. We can never cut enough widow's grass. We can never give enough money. We can never do enough things to get favor in God's eyes except through following his son. That's the way that you please God. And there's probably people here today that think that they've done so much bad stuff. There's no way God can forgive them of what they've done. Do you see what God did? He sent Jesus to be born of the lowliest of lows in the social class of those, of those days. There was nobody more despised or looked down upon than 
than the class of people that Joseph and Mary were and the shepherds that announced the birth of Jesus. So they're saying that there's nothing, there's nobody low enough that don't have access to God. There's nothing you've done that's not, that God won't forgive you of. So why don't you give that to God and surrender that to him today? See, the birth of Jesus demands a response because it's an invitation to the world. It's a personal invite. God personally invited you through the birth of Jesus Christ to live forever with him if you surrender and give it to him. You know, I got thinking about this story and thinking about the birth of Jesus. Look, thinking about that baby in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. I, I, I got to thinking about when Payson was born. And he's six months old, and today he was doing circles around in the kitchen. And I got thinking about him and thinking about the moment that my little boy was born, the moment that they, that he brought him out, and they got all that junk out of his mouth, and that's nasty, but they got all that stuff out of his mouth, and he took that first breath. It was like, you just looking like something bad doesn't happen, and all of a sudden he just, he starts breathing. And I realized that God gave him that right there. Payson was born and God gave him a breath and God, he borrowed that breath from God. And he's living every single day on that borrowed breath, every day. And you are too. But you know something about something you borrow, right? I wish some people would realize that you got to give it back. But one day, it's going to be time for you to give that breath that God gave you back. Think about that. God's given you life. God's given you breath. God gives you a borrowed breath every single day so that you may have the And he also sent Jesus an invitation. He's done so much so that you may live forever for him. But you've got to surrender that life to him. Be thankful for the breath that he's given you. Be thankful for the sacrifice that he's given you and surrender your life to Jesus right now. Because that's what Jesus came for. I pray that today you check in your religion and you check out with Jesus. I pray you see Christmas in a different way than you ever have before. But all of you have a decision to make right now. What are you going to do with the invitation God's given you? As our praise team comes up, what are you going to do with that invitation? Are you going to say, let me surrender my life. Let me follow Jesus. Let me have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to surrender my life right now so that I may truly follow the grizzly king that came in the form of a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, so that I may have eternal life. That's you today. You say, I want to surrender my life and and really truly follow Christ. That's you today. Raise your hand. We just want to celebrate with you. We want to praise God for you giving your life to him today. Anybody? Anybody want to accept the invitation that God's given you today? You know, we're fixing to leave here in just a minute. And all of us are going to family functions and we're going to open up gifts and we're going to open up presents but a gift that somebody gives you that you never open is worthless. 
And Christ has given you, God has given you this precious gift. And you may be scared to open it up right here in front of everybody. I'm going to be standing right over here. And I'll help you. Because the biggest mistake you could ever make is leaving this place and rejecting Jesus Christ. Think about that testimony. Is your life a life of somebody that walks away from sin and is walking closer to God? Is your life a life of repentance? Are you truly a follower of Jesus? Are you just a religious person playing games with God? Are you doing the most you can do with that borrowed breath that God's given you? Or are you just trying to be the king of your own kingdom? Jesus did come as a helpless baby. But when he comes back, he's going to be a radiant king coming for those that love him. And he's given us these 60, 70 years, maybe 80 of this life, to follow him. To become more like Jesus. And if you don't like following him here, if you're not following Jesus here, what makes you think you're going to like heaven? What makes you think you're going to get to heaven? If I'm not pursuing Jesus right now, if I'm not pursuing holiness right now, if I'm not wanting to please God right now, you're never going to make it to heaven. He's given you this gift. It's up to you to take it. Father God, as we come to you right now, Lord. Lord, as I think about Christmas, I think about their son, I think about the way that you came. Lord, it is a crazy way to save the world, but Lord, your ways are not our ways. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that uh, all of us in this room, God, that we would make the correct decision, Lord, and that is to follow you today. Lord, that we walk away from our own sinfulness. We walk away from our pride. We walk away from uh, looking for others for acceptance, Lord, and we would walk toward you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that all of us would be a life, always live a life, a life of repentance that's walking toward you every single day. That we're so thankful for the gift that you've given us. That we're telling the whole world what you've done for us. And God, for those right now that are under the sound of my voice that wants to give up, that wants to quit playing this religious game, that really truly want to follow you, but they're Number one, either they're ashamed, or number two, they're just afraid. And God, I just pray right now that you would break those chains, Father. That God, you make them understand and realize that nothing is more important than their relationship with you. And this life is short. This life is fleeting. We could die tomorrow. You could request this breath back tonight. The only thing that's going to matter is if we have a relationship with you and if you really know us. So God, move in our hearts. Move in our lives. Help us, Father. Be pleasing in your sight. And God, I pray that there's things in our life that are blocking us from following you. There's things in our life that are are, are just uh, 
stumbling blocks. I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts and we would come to this altar and we would lay these things at your feet so that we may live more intently for you, God. Help the lives we live. Show how much we appreciate the sacrifice that you've given and the gift that you gave us. In Jesus' name we pray.